Welcome to Shonen Flop Chibi, a first impressions mini episode where we talk about the first chapter of the series that we'll be covering in depth next week with our guest Laura of the Piecemeal Podcast. Mmm, delicious. Mmm. <laughs> I'd like to eat that piece over there. We'll talk about that in this manga. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Jordan, and with me today, as usual, is my lovely co-host, David. Say hi, David. Hi, David. Oh, what series are we covering this week, David? Earth Child. Earth Child. Earth Child. I, I need to learn. There's a song by, I believe, uh, Niflheim. Oh, my God. It's either Niflheim or Fields of the Niflheim or whatever. They're two different bands. I think it's perhaps Nephilim. Is it? No, I don't. You know what? It's an ancient word that I've heard pronounced a bunch of times. I don't think anybody really knows for sure. Yeah, no one really knows. It's like Obama, where there's just so many different ways of saying it. Yeah, like Obama. I remember that. <laughs> no Obama. My friend was obsessed with Obama memes. Like, on, he would like ironically <laughs> send me all of these like Republican Obama memes. Obama. Really shows the depth of quality that conservative satire has. Is Obama was like, ugh, that's as good as it gets. Yeah, ugh, God, it's like, mm, you just say his name weird, and you're just destroyed. No, but the, uh, Nifalim or whatever has a song called um, Moonchild, and I've just been thinking about it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we're covering Earth Child, and it was written by uh, Hideo Shinkai, mm -hmm. and it ran from February 21st, 2022 to September 5th, 2022. Yeah, most recently canceled series. So we're doing two cancellations in a row as a special treat for our wonderful fans. Oh, yes. And it got to 27 chapters over three volumes. So, you know. Ooh, that's a thick one. Thicky, you know, thickish, thick-esque, thick, thicker than others, I will say. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you want to get into the plot summary, my my, my lovely friend? Riasuke Sawada was Rice just gag. walking home. Risuke oh, oh, Sawada was just uh, walking home one day okay. when he failed to look both <laughs> ways and almost got hit by a bus. Fucking, it's like New York City with bicyclists. Yeah. Thankfully, a dummy fixed superheroine saves him from being isekai'd with her telekinetic powers before wiping his memory with the Men in Black app on her phone. Man, the level of <laughs> cultural awareness you need to know to understand that sentence that Jordan just had me say. Yeah, but I feel like our uh, I feel like our listeners are familiar with it. And if not, you know, maybe just uh, just get good. Just get good. Despite this, he never forgets an ass and recognizes her on the street. So he asks her out and she agrees in a totally creepy way that would not have worked in real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Her name is Kareri Hushiferi. Uh, I kept wanting to call her Karen, which I maybe I'll just do for the rest of this episode. And she is yeah. Tuttle Drop, an Earth child, a person born with telekinetic powers that act as the Earth's immune system. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, saving it from being destroyed by bank robbers, I guess, because the Earth really just didn't want bank robbers. That's really the cancer that's killing this planet, you know? Yep, they hit it the fuck off, and Karen wipes his memory and Batman's away. But she can't just forget him, so she catches a bad guy and writes a message on his back in what I only assume is normal Japanese. And yet, Raisuke, for some reason, is the only person who can read it, though my interpretation was more he was the only one who understood what she meant. Yeah, but it's still like she wrote something strange on the back and it's like I'm just I maybe maybe they're just like a woman asking a man on a date. <laughs> no, 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 no way. No. We are not in this society. Meet me at five. What does that mean? The author could have believed that given how he draws women. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, though, they start dating for real when Raisuke confesses he loves her and she makes the one piece Enru face. I remember when Jordan was like, David, you just put all these pop culture references into your plot summaries. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Look, uh, I just put better pop culture references, I guess. 
I actually, when that scene happened in One Piece, I rewatched it like four times when I was with Rachel. I haven't seen it in the anime, but my God, it's the it's like the best panel in all of One Piece, just like possibly all of manga. I mean, it is definitely the most memed thing about One Piece. I cannot overstress how when I was like a teenager and I hit that panel, I could not stop laughing. That was like one of the funniest moments in any manga I've ever read. Right? Yeah. The fucking excellent Oda. Like, oh, that alone makes him a goat. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Jordan, popcorn you. Raisuke visits Karen in the hospital after she's been injured in a mission. He proposes to her by jumping out of a window, screaming, Will you marry me? Trusting that she'll save him. Which, to be fair, this is exactly what David told me that he's going to do. Uh, and... And I know for a fact that's why you had me read the first section, because you just didn't want to rewrite this part. I actually didn't have you read the first se section. You just started reading it. Oh, you said... <laughs> You I think you misheard me, me. You misheard me. I said, whatever. I'm the main character anyway. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. And also, uh, he's right. And they get married and have a baby, a child, if you will. And coincidentally enough, the child was on the planet Earth. How strange. One day, however, as the new family stands on square tiles, looking up at the sky like, you know, they normally do, they see the asteroid from Armageddon. And Karen knows that she must be the Bruce Willis. She gets in a spaceship and despite snapping her fingers, so hard that her hands bleed, the asteroid remains. She successfully destroys it, however, by ramming her own ship into it, even though it seems like they specified that it couldn't be damaged. But like, whatever. Raisuke then collapses to his knees with his infant son strapped to his chest, not having moved once from the previously mentioned square tiles, even though it's kind of implied to have been like at least a few days later. He would have abandoned the Earth to be with her, which makes no fucking sense, but I, I think I get what he means. Unfortunately, his own infant son's starts developing psychic powers even though they specified that it wasn't genetic a little earlier but whatever it's earth child yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. i already know what series i'm gonna recommend because uh i yeah uh that was this was a manga <laughs> this was um, a manga honestly i mean jordan what were your first impressions man i <laughs> i don't even know man jordan like, how the fuck is this, how did this run for 28 chapters it's like you could just end it. <laughs> I I'm kind of interested. Did he actually work on JoJo's? Yeah, he worked on part seven, I believe. You can kind of tell because it has that quality. Like the thing about Araki is that he's so bad that he's weird and it winds up making everything he does good. And this yeah. is like on that continuum, but it doesn't go far enough. You know, yeah, this is when essential only Araki can do Araki. And this is someone not Araki trying to do Araki and it doesn't work. It's more just like, dude, you didn't lean in enough is basically my issue. Like, Araki can get away with doing crazy shit because there's never a point in JoJo where as weird as it is, as much as you're like, oh, he forgot something, you're never like, wow, Araki phoned that in. Mm -hmm. It's always just what the fuck is he doing? And there are some aspects of this manga where I'm like that. I yeah. thought it was cool how, uh, you know, it's a romance manga, but they did still show you the romance from uh, the woman's perspective, which is definitely not something that you'd run into in your typical manic pixie dream girl story, which is kind of what this is. Yeah, that's my number one concern is like I've heard the the scuttlebub scuttlebutt about this in that it just really, really just shits itself, which also happens in this series. 
I didn't mention that in the plot summary, but like one of the first things we see is the main character. Uh, his pants are covered in mud because when he gets pushed out of the way, the isekai bus, he just lands in a mud puddle and it looks like he shat himself. I would like to mm-hmm. point out, though, that Araki would have literally had him shit himself. Oh, yeah. I, that's why I was like, Rocky was probably disappointed. Yeah, that's the thing. That's like the whole point. It's like he's like, uh, well, I want to get weird, but also I don't want to get too weird. Like, no, you have to go full. You have to go whole fucking hog if you want to do this, if you want to do mm-hmm. the Iraqi thing. As for the art, the art is kind of interesting because the inking is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people think that inking is just like not a super important part because it's like, oh, you're just finishing the pencils. No, but like the inking is like solidifies everything. You're making a ton of choices there. And he does a fantastic job, but his anatomy is not very good. No, it's not. Uh, it's also I feel like her proportions just change when she's not in that uniform. Yeah, she definitely gets thicker. When she's out of the uniform, her legs get so long that it reminds me of that one Rob Liefeld drawing. Which bad Rob Liefeld drawing are you talking about? There's too many. You have to specify. Oh, there's there's one specific one, though, where it's like there's this woman standing and her legs just go way too long. Mm -hmm. And like you don't notice it because there are panels covering it up. But somebody just took it like Photoshop them out. And it's just like insane looking. And that's that's the flashes I got with her. Oh, God. Yeah. It's also, yeah, there's no real structure to this plot. I think you said it in your notes. It just feels like he kind of wrote it page by page, which you can really tell. Yeah. I feel like it's one of these series where people give it a lot more points than it really deserves because the idea is kind of novel or it's kind of like a memory wipe dating thing. That's yeah. very unlike Shonen Jump. But the actual execution of you sit down, really, there's no character development. There's not a lot of plot. The timeline makes no sense because, like, you don't know. Did he go from saying he loves her to getting married to her in the span of a week? There's literally, like, no context. And again, this is supposed to be a weekly series and there's literally zero scaffolding to actually show. You know what really fucks this up, though? What? Is that the first chapter, you know, it's typically supposed to set up the series, but the first chapter is exploring their relationship. Like, if you only read the first chapter, then this series is about these two people's burgeoning romance. But Mm -hmm. she dies at the end of the first chapter. So now I have no idea what chapter two is going to be like. I have absolutely no clue what this series is like. Like, we're talking about all these things about, like, the plot and stuff. We don't know how the plot's going to be. The main thrust of it. It is gone. <laughs> it could literally anything could happen in chapter two. Yeah. But also you were right when you're talking about how um, the premise is very novel. Like I was surprised to see at the end of this chapter in Shonen Jump, the main character is essentially a stay at home dad, a stay at home single dad, which is not a character that you typically see as a protagonist in Shonen yeah. Jump, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely I think a lot of the points it gets is just this is so unlike Shonen Jump, which we'll see what happens, man. Look, I really want to support artists trying to do different things. So you want to get into um, would you read another 10 chapters of it? I feel like I'm biased because people literally said the first chapter is the best part of the series. And really? just pretend it was a one shot. Yeah. People are like, if you just think this pretend this is a one shot, that's really the best way to experience Earth Child. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, the author likewise did not know how to make this an ongoing series from what oh, I've heard. God. I don't know anything about the plot. I just know apparently the series just absolutely doesn't know what it's doing. I mean, I can tell that the series is kind of lost in the first chapter anyway. Yeah. Excluding that information, I was like, yeah, I'm going to read another 10 chapters of this. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I'm kind of interested. Sorry, baby. Oof, that worries me. But, you know, I guess it's all uh, I guess it's all up to opinion. But, David, what do you think's going to happen next in those 10 oh, chapters? Fuck me, dude. <laughs> 
I think there will be some weird time travel stuff. I think aliens are going to show up, and I think it's going to turn out that Raisuke does also have psychic powers. All right. Because there was that thing where his eye color, like his eye changed. I don't remember that. Or something. Because like she's like, yeah, none of my family, but maybe it's like if both people are Earth children, then their child is... I don't know. But we'll see. It's confusing because they literally just specify, yeah, no, it's not a genetic thing. And then it ends implying that the child is an Earth child because its mom was an Earth child. And maybe they'll say, maybe they will say like, oh, no, something around uh, Raisuke, uh, he's like a super Earth child. So they have like double Earth child genetics and that makes their kid an Earth child. And if that's the case, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. That's just stupid. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah. And then my guess is, so first of all, David, I think that one of the earthly substances a child must absorb, one of the elements, is actually the fifth element. It's love. Shit, was that a spoiler for the fifth element? Fucking spoiling it, man. Oh, I don't like the fifth element anyway, whatever. Anyway, hot take. Wait, what if they remade it with what the actual... (laughs) What is number five on the periodic table? Oh, man, it's there's hydrogen, helium, I think... Boron. Boron. <laughs> what if like that was the twist? <laughs> boron. And they're just like, what the fuck is made out of boron? Yeah, it's like, oh, this child just happened to uh, absorb a bunch of boron. Yes, now he's the most boring man. <laughs> Colin Robinson, this was a prequel to this is the origin of energy vampires. He transforms into Ben Stein. Anyway, any. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think there's going to be a short growing up montage where the kid becomes the new main protagonist. I think he's going to be the main character uh, moving on, which is going to mean this first chapter is just completely useless. I think that's the general vibe I'm getting to. <laughs> and Raisuke will have to begrudgingly accept that his son must be a white blood cell. It is his destiny. He must be Osmosis Jones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Jordan, though, what's your <laughs> what's your power word? Childlike. Oh, not boron. <laughs> we hadn't established that joke when I made my power <laughs> word. I know. All right. Mine is muddy because nice. it's both the beginning of the chapter. Mud butt. And also just this entire plot is just so muddy that no one knows what the fuck is going on. No, I totally understand that. But that was a solid double. Yeah, you got you got it. Like uh, like that. Like that girl's solid double. Like Karen's double. You know what I mean? Sure. Hey, Sir Mixalot calls it a double. <laughs> anyway, you want to get into the Q&A? Yes. So first of all, comes from Jeff, who unfortunately is no longer with us in the Discord. Oh, I was going to um, say, oh, my God. No, he left the Discord after asking this question. So uh, oh. um, I guess it'll be up to him to find out if his, he finds out his question got answered. Have either of you ever imagined your own Shonen universe? If so, tell us about the world MC. So Jordan, we started this project originally making our own comic. So maybe we'll do that as a oh. Patreon goal where Jordan and I will tell you all about what was I think it was the prototype name Copperfire. God, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that we both realized we would have approached it very differently at this point. Yeah, uh, but we can certainly do a podcast episode yeah. and talk about it if people want to hear about a manga that Jordan and I actually did try and make. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we have uh, done this a few th- a few times, so that was the first time it was like specifically manga, I think. Yeah, I also want to say that I actually have a released one shot. Yes. 
shout out to Tapier where called Basketball Grandma, which likewise we will do a Patreon special reviewing that and see what Jordan thinks of it. Um, yeah. So stay tuned. And yeah, thank you for that. That was a good question. Second is from King of Carrots. I think this is their mm. first question they've answered or sorry, the first question they've asked. What would make a better manga, Scooby-Doo or Courage the Cowardly oh, Dog? Oh, and you were young. You were the king of carrots. Uh, it, the answer is Courage the Cowardly Dog. David, can you imagine? Can you just, I just want you to imagine for a second. Courage the Cowardly Dog by Junji Ito. That's what I was yeah. thinking too. I will say, I think there is actually like a mature and gritty Scooby-Doo called Scooby-Doo Apocalypse. I honestly don't know if it's good or not, but that does exist already. So I think Courage also much more needs like a really cool manga adaption. Here's the problem. Uh, the only way to do that to Scooby-Doo is to turn the premise on its head and make it like darker and more magical. Otherwise, you wind up with like, uh, I don't know, like a baby manga, which I guess you can do. Did you hear about um, how Velma is in multiverses and they changed one of her special attacks? To what? So one of her abilities is she can get like if you hit a certain criteria, you can call the cops on one of the enemy characters and the police come <laughs> and arrest them. And because of backlash, they changed it to now the mystery machine grabs them. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I wish that they had it where they could tie up a character and no matter who it is, they rip off their head and it's just an old dude. Yeah, LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't matter. It's just you, you rip off like the mask and it's just some random old guy. Oh my God. <laughs> Next up, Dude Rock says, if you were had to give a six word summary for your podcast, what would it be? Also, what would be the power word? Uh, uh, I think... Uh, maybe let's just do the power word because six word summary is kind of hard to think of on the spot. I would say my power word is embiggen. My power word is uh, cromulent. <laughs> oh, Luke is just smiling <laughs> at that. All right. <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to find out why we picked yeah. those words one day. All right. Next up from Aussie Rat. What flop series universe would you choose to live in? Ooh. Jordan, I know my answer. Do you know what you would say? Um, this is tough because, uh, you know, by definition, most manga worlds are like hellscapes. I can think of one that would be really nice to live in. I mean, Golem Hearts is the one that's coming to me. Nah, Mora King, because it's just yes, the real world, but yes. then you got cool bug people to hang out with. Completely. No, that is, I think that that's the correct answer. That's just a straight upgrade to the real world. Absolutely. You got a cool human bug. There you go. Yep. Next up is from Ekubo, who oh, says, what man. do you think is the best part in JoJo? And then he lists all the parts. Oh, you're trying to start a fight. I legitimately thought that you thought part seven was the best part, but that's why I brought this back up because it sounds like we need to go over this list again because I guess I misremembered. I definitely don't dislike it. It's just that I always thought that you were the way bigger Steel Ball Run fan than me. No, I, I always thought part four was my favorite part. Really? I really like the fact that it was a JoJo part that was surrounded based on one location. Yeah. And that it, it like because part six kind of was and then it disregards it near the yeah. later half. And then I guess part eight does as well. But part eight is literally kind of like a reimagine of part four. Yeah. So that's why. I And then also, I think Josuke is probably my favorite. I think his stand was one of my favorite stands because it had a very unique but not overpowered ability. And it just was such an interesting creative sandbox that Araki plays in. Yeah. Even in the final fight against Araki, he's coming up with new applications for how his stand works. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, I feel the same way. I like part four has always been like my favorite Jojo part. But honestly, honestly, I kind of feel like Jojolian might give it a run for its money. Even like there's no lions in it, though, man. There's no lions. But like, I think. I think that's because we the reader are the lion i still can't believe you fucking drew a big cat and he drew a tiger <laughs> that was on fucking purpose that was 100 percent on purpose <laughs> all right anyway next question from the bb king bb the what flop manga have y'all read that had the absolute most potential for merchandise 
if it's a sword or a chopper character slash side pet. So I guess if they added a cute mascot character, what series do you think would have had the or best? I think what they're saying is what series has the cutest mascot character that could be the most merchandisable? Well, he said most potential for merchandise. Well, yeah, most it's... potential if it was merchandised. Yeah, yeah, so we'll interpret that. What what manga, if it hadn't failed, would have had the best for merchandise? That's that's a fair question. Yeah, and the answer, by the way, is Omega Doki Zoo. Ozu, I'm trying to think. Uh, no, what about Duran Duran? Yeah, exactly. I was almost going to say, well, last week, but I was like, well, that yeah. just happened. Maybe that's some recency bias, but no. Yay, we all wanted a little plushy, the little guy. Exactly. Uh, like in terms of uh, tiny little plushy potential, I do think Doran Duran is like the top contender. I mean, Doran Duran was literally made by a bunch of suits to sell merchandise. Was it literally made that way or because it does feel that way? It's very difficult for me to think the manga Kill legitimately thought this is the best way he wants to manifest his creativity was making that series. Don't uh, overestimate um, uh, writers who aren't great. Uh, don't you're I, I think you're giving them a little mm. too much credit. <laughs> fair but that's all the questions so all it is now is to say jordan thank you so much for editing the chibi you're very welcome david and thank you for putting everything together and also editing the chibi and the main episode <laughs> and props to shannon for the awesome cover art you can find her online at illuminati thanks to dylan for assistance with editing you can find his podcast anime out of context at anime thanks to tucker and maxi b for assistance with pronunciation translation and other miscellaneous research thanks to t root ozzy rat and t wolford for being our awesome transcription volunteers you can find them on our site as they become available we're looking for additional volunteers these transcripts help make the show more accessible and you'll get perks like early access to episodes merch and of course my eternal gratitude and i want to say you can find us on twitter at shonen flopcast and our website shonenflop.com we're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast. And come join the Shonen Flop Discord. It's open to everyone, patron or not. Come hang out with us and talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. We also have a monthly movie night. You can find a link to it in the show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We wouldn't be able to keep running the show without their support. This month, we've got two awesome pieces of exclusive content. Uh, Jordan, what are they this month? Well, this month, we've got Kyo. Mm-hmm. Me and David dig into Junji Ito's... Um... Uh, horror manga about what if fish had legs and yeah. i believe the uh the art uh, thing yes yes and we're going to be giving you an in-depth look at to the background and creation of the art that was for the last six episodes oh yes you also get exclusive perks like early access to episodes, being able to listen into us recording and priority on sending questions in the Q&A. And of course, I just love you that little bit extra more than other listeners. And you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash shown flop. Now I just want to read off some patrons, another perk. So I want to start by thanking our wonderful Chainsaw Man patron, sentient lesbian food gets me off. Who doesn't? Nice. <laughs> then the dolphin dad tracking roving animals for all loving girls and raccoons wolfwood then moving on down to the king of the forest we have albie cram gabe lando jacob andrew galloway josh robinson who i'm going to be seeing tonight kevin briggs marty rachel my wonderful girlfriend she had a tummy ache from eating too many apples scarlet mirror t the real jory trevor Schechner, who i just saw yesterday and went hiking with and then moving on down to the galactic ball federation officers blah mumu bs dolphin dylan Kreider, eric alex klein generic man hans hunter lincoln frey mara bara mike carpenter peter Huntsfeck, sarah Hydra, Scott, Shinky Segamoto, Silly Rookie, Simping for Senpai Ash, Stackhorn, That One Welder Guy, and Usopp Major. Thank you all so much, and also thank you to our wonderful Beast Children. Yes, thank you so much. I love you all so much. And by the way, make sure to follow my Instagram, uh, Jordan Forbes Art. Yeah, do that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. And then uh, thank you again so much for listening. Tune in next Monday for our full episode on Earthchild featuring Laura from the Piecemeal Podcast. Yes. And with that, my friends, this has been Jordan. This has been David. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. David, say it! 
Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah, bye. Bye.